we are one week into adopting a rescued puppy who was fearful. His litter was found abandoned together and transported together to our area for adoption. He is estimated to be about 14 to 16 weeks old and is a terrier mix. He seems to be bonding well with me, but is taking time with the kids and everyone else. He's very fearful, but we have made progress. With all his stress, we've taken it slow, but now that I read your article, I'm saddened that he may never really adjust and open up to the whole family. How soon would you seek a trainer in a situation like mine, and what other advice could you offer? Also, please email your free training materials. Thank you. Um, I'm not sure which of the free training materials you're talking about. I've got quite a few. I'm going to take a guess and say it's the socialization cheat sheet, so I'll send that. And uh, for those that are wondering, I'll put a link to the article that this was, uh, uh, that, that this letter stemmed from. I wouldn't abandon hope just, just yet. It, 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 there's likely going to be long-term uh, ramifications here. But it, it's early days, and it can take a dog a little a while to come out of its shell and find out how much of this stuff is, is baggage that's legitimate and how much of it is just the new environment. I, based on past experience, I, I, I would say that, uh, that there's some real sincere fear here because uh, most pups will adapt quite quickly into their new, new environment. And when you're seeing it very specific towards, um, like bonding towards you, but but not the children, uh, it, this is probably has to do with the critical imprint period. And so very briefly, back in the 1960s, a couple scientists named Scott and Fuller studied uh, beagle colonies for, uh, um, oh, 20 years. And we know from three to 12 weeks of age is uh, is sort of the, uh, the the nurture part of the nature nurture formula when you're forming temperament in a dog. And uh, this is one of the reasons I'm so critical of uh, breeders in particular. We know this stuff. Um, oddly enough, I've seen organizations like some of the kennel clubs and some training associations trying to change the time frame. I think more to suit a dog trainer's agenda for, okay, the shots are finished, now we can get them in our class, we'll call it a socialization class. It's not. Uh, you, three to 12 weeks, give or take plus or minus a week on either end. There are a bunch of variables that would uh, influence uh, that. But that's a pretty good standard to go for the 16 weeks that you do read about some. I think that's nonsense, and, and, and I, I would avoid anybody that's embracing that perspective, or at least ask them to. Uh, show me some data that is uh, equal to or better than Scott and Fuller's data, which was pretty significant. So we're early days uh, in, and you're seeing the way the dog's behaving with the kids is a little bit fearful. Well, if, if you're saying it's with my husband, I got somebody that's uh, that you live with that's a, uh, also an adult, but a different gender, they'll usually come around with in time I've worked with a lot of them where we had to implement some strategies and I'm just going to briefly give you a tip here uh, uh, towards the end. But if you implement the right, well, even if you don't implement strategies, they'll often, it's not that they go, okay, men are good. Uh, um, I, I love all men. Uh, and one of the reasons you see this is a lot of dogs are bred in a rural situation. For some reason, mostly women breeding dogs. Um, and sometimes single women, or the guy's not that involved in it. So the, the, the puppy's exposure from three to 12 weeks of age isn't, uh, isn't significant. And 
say what you will, we sound different, we move different. There's different aspects, and a lot of a lot of dogs are very are are, are going to be sensitive to that sort of thing. So the the uh, the breeder who whether through ignorance or stupidity does not uh, ensure that during the time the pups are with them that they uh, provide them. You know, in this case, it's not a breeder; it'd be the the rescue that that uh, um, perhaps was uh, negligent here. But if we don't do it, the dog will adapt often to a man in a household as sort of a odd pack member and, uh, and, and just drop the barriers. And be, but that doesn't mean that dog will be good with other men, men outside of the household. So there's that to keep in mind. Well, if the dog will get used to, um, could, could technically get used to, uh, an adult male, why not children? Well, part of the problem with kids is, well, they're at their, on their best day, they're unpredictable. And the, as they mature into different stages, the sort of the, uh, the nature of what's unpredictable, like the kids who get bitten by more dogs than any other age group are eight-year-old boys. Eight-year-old boys are bitten by more dogs than any other age group, because when you say to an eight-year-old boy, please don't do that, they'll answer and sincerely mean, I won't, okay. But when you leave the room, it does occur to them that, no, oh, there's a puzzle here. I wonder why, and that they do it anyway. So um, that would be something that we're, we're gonna have to be careful of. Uh, you don't mention how old the children are, and depending on their mobility. For, infant, for instance, I would categorize children as infants, crawlers, toddlers, and sort of the eight-year-old boy type thing. Uh, it's not that we couldn't be girls as well, it's just statistically it's more guys. Uh, and I'd be kind of on the alert with my dog if, if in your own household those, ch those children move from one stage to another. In the toddling and crawling, it's, it can be very different whether the, it's a, like a neutral crawl to the side, to the side, away, versus towards the dog, you can get another, a different level of reaction. So if we've got... Um, a dog who we're really lucky it, it it adapts to the children what you're going to have to be careful of is your dog's reaction to your children's friends and uh, uh, you know this whole teach children how to behave around dogs is I don't want to say nonsense because people jump all over that but I mean you can't stop a child from being a child and I think that's a better a reality to embrace. You got to do the best you can. Only so much of mums and dads left over at the end of the day. You got to really focus on the dog. So if the dog's not going to be reliable around children, that should be the first thing you uh, you, you have to take into consideration. So uh, that would be a concern: is that you you start to let your guard down because the dog starts to adapt to your children. But if your children are old enough to socialize and have people coming over, um, the st the statistics I was mentioned about like eight-year-old boys, overall children are bitten 70% of the time, last I checked it was 70% of the time visiting a dog, 30% of the time their own dog. So that's a, that, this is one of the reasons why. Um, uh, what else I got in my notes here? You don't mention how his fear is manifesting. Um, you know, is he submissively urinating? Is he fleeing? Um, and uh, so it's, it's hard for me to give you a, a, like a tip on how to directly um, uh, uh, address it. Uh, find a trainer. I, I, I know I, I can be, come across a little negative about this sort of thing, but the dog training world is unregulated. And 
most of the dog trainers I have run across in conferences when I've done lectures and stuff, um, they're, they're, they're good people. I mean, they love dogs and they, 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 uh, they want to earn a living uh, training dogs. But if you dig, they're basically just regurgitating things people told them on the internet or even like at a conference where, you know, I might be uh, giving a, a seminar. And I don't find, man, some of them, I, I swear to God, are just watched the movie The Lady and the Tramp and thought it was a documentary on behavior. Um, there are a lot of, there's a lot at stake here. So you might want to have a look at my article, um, questions you should ask a dog trainer before you hire them. And I'll put a, a, a link in that. And if you can find a dog trainer who you think is qualified, uh, then absolutely. So um, one of the things that you, here's one of the things, again, it, it, you have to paint with a lot of colors to get this stuff right. So I'm always hesitant to give people tips. In fact, I get criticized where people say, well, you give an analysis of, of what the problem was all about and what caused it, but didn't give the solution. And, and I, you know, in part, to a large extent, we do tend to, in this world, seem to think that there's a magic wand and it's just sort of a, a cookbook recipe. All you do is this and this will happen. But no, there are a lot of variables that you need to look into if you're actually going to go, go about this and actually help um, any, anyone long term. Uh, I don't believe in quick fixes. They, they typically backfire. But one of the things I would do is try and break the cycle. So I'm going to assume that the dog is somewhat, uh, you know, tries to get away from the children. So you don't want to force the situation because that can magnify the problem. Also could result in a bite. But I would put a leash on this dog and I would have the dog on a leash with a collar which will not slip off at all. And probably should read my articles about collars here. Um, but... Uh, and the reason for that is I would leave a leash on the dog all the time, supervised. So the rhyme I always teach people is, look, if a dog can't be caught, they can't be taught. Well, what do we want to teach the dog here? Well, not necessarily um, to do something, but to come to a conclusion that, oh, look, nothing bad happened. So if I've got a six-foot leash on and, you, uh, uh, and the dog would typically, you know, beat it for another room if, if one of the kids uh, tried to approach whatever. With the leash, you wouldn't haul the dog right at the kid because, again, that's confrontational. But if you interrupted, let's say, half the distance the dog would normally retreat to and just give the dog a chance to see. See? Nothing bad happened. That's a good dog. I usually try and repeat that three times in a row and then I would give the dog a break. And then, but throughout the day, that's the experience because if the dog can take off, then the dog kind of is going, whew, that worked. Wow, man, I would have been a dead guy if that did. But what we want them to do is gradually see, you know, eventually if the dog's not fleeing and, uh, the, and the dog's like toy or treat oriented and the, the, the child just not, does not hand deliver treat to the dog, just tosses it to the dog. Find that comfort level where your dog will engage. Just makes that change from fearful to interest in the treat or the toy. So it, it, might, it, it might be eight feet. Well, then you're gonna need a longer leash. But the idea is, is to just kind of mark that 
and see, try and get three days in a row where the dog will take a treat at a certain distance that is closer to uh, the trigger uh, than historically been the case. And when you get three days in a row, in a row, then decrease the distance oh, 25%. And work on that, because if you don't break the cycle, as I said, it, 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 the dog may just say, this works, uh, this is keeping me safe. You can apply the same thing when people come to the door. It's not that we're gonna ever get the dog to go, great, company's here, uh, but if we can get rid of the 80% of that behavior that's more drama, um, well, that's a lot less stress on the dog and everybody else in the household. So um, there are a lot of other things that I recommend with clients for things like that, uh, for, for, for uh, issues of this so that the dog can, uh, for instance, one of the, uh, is, I think if we were being honest with ourselves, most of us live with the dogs in such a relaxed manner that if looked at from above, the relationship would be like a couple of roommates. Um, when you're trying to help a dog with a behavior problem, I think that you need to shift uh, the way you live with the dog uh, and what you do with the dog so the dog feels loved but understands that you're a loving authority figure because that, when direction is given, it's more likely going to reach its destination. So there's two tips. Uh, you'd have to learn from a trainer on how to do that. Again, it's not complex. It's just um, there's, a, there, there's little steps that you would vary depending on the personality of the dog. So usually when I'm doing a session with somebody, um, well, you're in Ireland, so I, I don't think I've done anything in Ireland yet, but I've done them in Mongolia and all over the place, is I get a good history on the dog. Uh, people can send me some video of what the dog's actually doing, and then I can help them put together a program that... Uh, we can massage as we need to as we as we go along. So hopefully you found that helpful. Um, and uh, let me know if you've got any, any other questions. If you find that any of the many free resources I provide companion dog owners via the Ask the Dog Guy YouTube channel or website have informed you, saved you time, and perhaps even saved you a little money, please buy me a copy. Alternatively, you can also become a monthly sponsor, which will go a long way to spreading the word about science and common sense in the companion dog training world. You can find details in the notes. Many thanks.